Hello friends, my name is Sydney and welcome to the CCW Evolve podcast. Each month, we'll be breaking down a new category of prayer and speaking with young adults about their personal relationship with prayer. This week, we will again hear from Reverend Haley Eccles about the blessing. Again, for a little bit of reference, this message was originally recorded at our second Evolve of the spring semester. So without further ado, here is Reverend Haley Eccles. God, in this moment where we need your name, we need your peace and your hope and your goodness, we need your kingdom and your blessings, we pray that you would be with us in this time. We pray that we would be able to sense that goodness you have for us being placed upon our shoulders to feel you at work as you guide our steps, as you give us hope, as you lift up our eyes so that we might see you. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. All right. How's everyone doing? Good, some enthusiastic. Does anyone feel particularly heavy this evening? Huh? I, I just know, I just am curious where y'all are at because I feel particularly heavy this evening, um, this week, I think. And so I just want to acknowledge that in this space that I'm. this has been, um, I mean, there is always a flurry of terrible things going on in our world, but this has felt like a particularly difficult flurry um, in the midst of Russia's invasion on Ukraine, in the midst of Texas lawmakers doing what they're going to do, and Florida lawmakers doing what they're going to do, and the fact that we do need people to know that they are blessings. And so as I was thinking about how to even approach tonight's topic, I don't have anything maybe necessarily helpful to say about those things, but I want to acknowledge that those are in the space. Um, That those are people that are on my mind and on my heart's, my heart, it might be on yours as well, as we think about what it really means to, to bless and to be blessed. So we're continuing in this series kind of thinking about prayer and thinking about how that is our access point um, in the midst of our spiritual growth. So the whole point of Evolve, you maybe have heard this said a million times or maybe just once, but the whole point of Evolve is that we think about how difficult spiritual growth can be, how far sometimes it can feel that we are from God or where we think God wants us to be to where we currently are. And it's, it's spiritual practices and disciplines that give us one little handhold to maybe just do the next right thing as we try to move towards God or to, to make the next step 
towards God or just to be something that we can go back to. So on those days or weeks or months where we just feel completely lost and distant from God, that we know maybe this thing will help me to feel connected again. And so we've talked about lots of different practices, but prayer seems to be one that is simultaneously very easy and very hard at the same time. So we talked a little bit last, last time about how prayer, maybe the idea of, of talking to God can seem easy and accessible, but trying to understand how God hears or how God understands or how to know if God is listening or how to know if a prayer's been answered or where we actually see change happen. Sometimes those things can get so mixed up in how we view prayer that it can almost make it difficult for us to be able to open our mouths to speak to God or to write down our prayers or to think them in our head because we've added all of these layers of am I connecting, how am I connecting, and, and, and what can I do? And so last time we talked about a specific prayer form to help give us some space to say words. This time we're going to talk about a different type of praying in the form of blessing and offering a blessing for others. Because I do think sometimes when we don't know what to do for ourselves, it can be a little bit easier for us to think about how to do or give or pray for others. Now, blessing isn't necessarily a prayer for other people. Those are types of prayers. And even today, I had someone um, ask me specifically for prayers for a family member. I'm sure y'all have people like that in your life. And um, had that moment, I don't know if y'all do this too, but if someone asked me to pray for someone I try to do it as soon as possible so I don't have a chance to forget about it. So that if I say yes, I've actually done that praying thing. But then later today I was running and trying to make myself keep running rather than stop. And that person's name came into my head. And uh, praying for them helped me continue to run an additional few few miles as I was going through there. Not few miles, actually. I kind of stopped a little before then. But... You know what I'm saying. It carried me forward on some steps. And that's, a, that's one kind of prayer. Um, a lot of times you might hear it called intercessory prayer, but praying for other people. Whereas blessing is something completely different from that and yet is a gift for other people. Um, when I say blessing, what does that make y'all think of? I'm going to make this interactive. Gifts, giving gifts to people. Favor, the word favor. Satisfying a need for someone else. Mm -hmm. What about simple things like even just, I I think of um, the fact that after someone sneezes, it's become a, a, a thing where we tend to say bless you. It's kind of hard for us to think about what blessing means in the Bible. So our our scripture that we 
took was a very specific blessing that may have been familiar to some of you because it has become somewhat popular in youth groups to recite it as a group and then cross hands and all spin around and go, woo! Did anyone else do that in youth group? I'm seeing nodding heads for the podcast listeners out there. I I did not make this up on my own. Um, (laughs) This scripture, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I think that was correct. Amen. Woo! Uh, (laughs) So uh, this is a very specific blessing that is given at the end of a section in numbers where we kind of get a a general lay of the land of kind of like how we're going to interact as a community and the last piece of that direction and instruction is given to the priest to offer this blessing to the community Um, it's hard for scholars to say what exactly this blessing was meant to mean because we do have places in scripture where blessings are a very serious thing so in Genesis you may remember there was a set of twins Jacob and Esau and Jacob was the the younger twin but also the um, clever one the trickster one And so there was a blessing that the father is supposed to bestow on the firstborn, but through a series of clever and happenstance events, um, Jacob takes this blessing from his older brother by having his father bestow it upon him after he's tricked his brother out of it for a meal and some other things happen. And it's not really clear why this blessing is so significant that Isaac, the father, can't just say, whoops, wrong kid, let me do that again for you, Esau. But there's something like weighted and important about the specific words he bestows on Jacob that the blessing can't be taken away and can't be re-given to another person or that he can't even give like, a lesser or second blessing to his firstborn, but there's something really like powerful and weighted in it. And so scholars wonder, this blessing that priests are going to bestow upon the community, is that like uh, this very weighted blessing? Is the, the order and form of these words very important? Because we do know that this is a blessing that's being asked for only the priests to give to the community. So it does make us think that there's a particular form or substance in it that makes it special and unique. And yet we also have other instances in the Bible where blessings are a little bit more freely given, where we see blessings being mentioned and offered to the community as casual greetings. We see this perhaps in the book of Ruth, um, where Ruth is greeted by the workers, the, the uh, well actually Boaz greets the workers by, see, by saying the Lord bless you when Boaz walks into the fields. And so we do see the word blessing, we do see the way that blessing can be given and offered very freely. 
So when it comes to blessings that we can give, I do think that there is maybe a spectrum to what it is we offer people within our community. And yet, I do think that there's, there's some similarities, regardless of the spectrum, that can be helpful for us to think about when we think about what it means to bless someone else. So some of you have heard me tell this story before, but I do think it'll be helpful to frame our discussion. To just say that I maybe still don't, but at least at one time had no clue <laughs> what it meant to bless and found out that I didn't understand what that meant until I was asked in the moment and just kind of had this deer in headlights situation. It was at a blessing of the animals, which is something that many Methodist churches do around October 4th, which is the feast day of St. Francis. And uh, oftentimes you'll have kind of a, a small service inviting people to bring their pets at this particular blessing of the animals. There were fish in bowls and random like hamsters in cages, but then there were also more commonly uh, dogs that people brought on leashes. And we had this, you know, adorable little service outside around their prayer labyrinth. We sang songs about God's creation and how um, God's creation is, is holy and loving. We, did, uh, we had prayer time together and scripture readings together from um, the creation narrative in Genesis 1. And then at the end, the pastor was going around and offering blessings to the animals. And as the intern, I was there to help, but also realized I had never asked, what does that entail? What am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to bless these animals? And so a couple that was very supportive of me as an intern came up to me and said, hey, would you bless our dog? And I'm like, of course. And then I like looked this dog in the eye and I had no clue what I was supposed to say. I petted him on the head. I stared at him. I prayed for him in my head. And then I just looked at them and was like, he's blessed. <laughs> and then they very nicely didn't say anything to me and went to the pastor and asked him to bless their dog because that wasn't what they were looking for. They were looking for some sort of invocation of who God was over the animal. Something about God bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what they wanted to hear. And that is one way that you can offer a blessing. Should you ever find yourself at a blessing of the pets and are asked to jump in and lend a hand. So it does seem that there is a helpful form when it comes to blessing. And I think where we find that form, where we find that helpfulness, is actually in the last verse of the scripture that we read. That God says that these words that he's asking the priests to say over the people are a way in which God's name will be placed upon them. That there's something powerful and holy that happens when God's name is placed upon others. 
when it comes to blessing, I wonder how it is we actually seek to place God's name on the people that we are around and how we would do that in a way that is loving and hopeful, not coercive, and provides uh, life and hope to people. It also might be helpful to think about the ways that we offer hope to the people in our lives. How often is it that you end up staying up late talking with a roommate or you have a friend coming to you and talking to you about what's going on in their lives and there's something about us that wants to help and heal and offer assistance and guidance that maybe we rush to offering some advice. Here's something I've experienced. How can I help you get through your issue with your partner or get through, with, through your issue with your teacher, get through your issue with your employer, etc., etc., etc. And I wonder how, what would it look like if these opportunities we get where we're trying to offer help and we're trying to offer wholeness to people were actually opportunities for blessing. Rather than offering advice, how is it that we actually ask that maybe God were to intervene and see the situation at hand? May the Lord bless you so that you might see all that is at work in God's world. May the Lord bless you so that God can change, can grow, can act in whatever situation you might be in. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord offer ways where you might see a way where it feels like there isn't one. How much better is that type of advice or hope or healing for those who do need it and are in a place to receive it? How much more helpful is that than my advice from my limited perspective when someone really just needs to be seen and heard? Who better to see and hear and understand what they're going through than God who created them, than the God who loves them, than the God who can heal that instance. My last thought about blessing um, comes from uh, one of my favorite quotes. Um, it comes from Harry Potter, and I know that we have, <laughs> we might have some mixed feelings about it, especially in light of what's going on. So I'll just say that these words are offered as a blessing and also as something that certain authors could also learn. That words are, in my not-so-humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic, and they're capable of both inflicting injury and remedying it. That something about blessing offers, in our words, some hope, maybe some, some magic and light bringing God to a space where it feels like God isn't, an important reminder of the weight that people carry in our world.
friends. Welcome again to the Evolve podcast. This is our interview segment of the podcast where I am joined with two friends. And if my friends want to introduce themselves, that would be amazing. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Um, I am Haley Eccles. It is... um, something I enjoy that I get to do to be the campus pastor at uh, Campus to City Wesley Foundation and um, associate director and get to help lead things like Evolve. Um, so I'm really excited about having this conversation. Uh, hi there, everybody. My name is Neil McMichael, and I am the worship leader for CCW. I guess my official title is ministry associate, so I do worship and social media and stuff, but I often just refer to myself as professional worship boy. And Sydney, you should introduce yourself. Yes, um, my name is Sydney. <laughs> I just recently graduated from UNF, and I work with Campus City with you and um, Studio Wesley. So don't sell yourself short. You do so, 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 so much. (laughs) It's a very fun job. So today we're going to talk about our friend Neil's relationship with prayer. So I think we're just going to jump right into the questions. And the first one is, Neil, what does Evolve mean to you? And what was your favorite part of this most recent evolve uh well in terms of what evolve means to me evolve has always been a very uh special event for me when it comes to ccw which is funny because when i first came to ccw everyone was making i'm pretty sure i I played like one of maybe not one of the first ccw gigs i did but you know early on like one of the first gigs i did was evolve and everybody was talking about oh evolve 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 and i didn't know what that was (laughs) I didn't know it was special. I was like, I mean, yeah, we're in a bigger room, but you know, I mean, I I don't know what it was. (laughs) Um, But, you know, over the years, yeah, I've grown to really, really appreciate uh, what Evolve is and what it does uh, for me, but also for other students. And now having like, you know, over the last like, you know, year, like having a hand in crafting those Evolves and trying to craft and bring those vibes to students has really been uh, really been a special experience for me and uh asked her what my favorite part was uh it was being in person (laughs) um you know we weren't able to be in person for the first first of all of the semester which is a bit of a bummer but uh you know we all a lot of us got covid and stuff and so it is what it is um but yeah just being in person and the space at smc was wonderful uh, it was tremendous, you know, the worship went very, very well, and I think people received it well, and just the vibes were immaculate, as the kids would say, um, so yeah. Neil, I feel like I had the exact same experience as you of kind of like, what's the big deal with Evolve when I first started, um, because I was like, there's music, there's preaching, isn't it just kind of like a normal worship service we would do? Um, And so understanding just how important, like, the spiritual disciplines and the experience of them is to the community um, is, is, uh, is a totally different layer. And I do think having it in person makes a big difference to be able to experience those things together. Um, And this, this 
uh, semester's worth of Evolves is about prayer. So um, I'm curious, Neil, how you would describe your relationship with prayer. Uh, yeah, my relationship with prayer, prayer has always been, um, I don't know, the word I want to use is complicated. Prayer is a thing that I think is very helpful to me, but I just don't do enough of. Um, I feel like that's how a, a lot of people's relationship with prayer is, right? You know, it's like prayer is this very, very great and sometimes intense and cathartic thing. Um but yeah, sometimes it is just hard to get yourself like in the mindset for prayer because particularly like, I don't know, it's not hard in a way to just say like, hey, God, you know, and talk about things. But if you're looking to sort of, I don't know, like make prayer like more intense in a way and be very, very intentional about it. That's what the word I was looking for is intentionality. It's like takes a lot of energy and effort and you know it's not that like that's a bad thing you know it's just one of those things right where it's like oh man it like takes a lot of energy just to like do this one seemingly small and simple thing but I think what you get you know afterwards like what you get in return is um a lot more more of what I'm not certain but you get a lot more <laughs> So, yeah, I'd say I'd say that's pretty much how my relationship with prayer is. It's a little complicated. <laughs> I I really think that's that's a common trend with especially college students, um, which is why I think it's so important that that this is what we're highlighting and evolve um, this semester because. In college, you get so wrapped up in, in school and social life and work also that you kind of forget that it's something that you need to do sometimes, not even need to do, just can do. Um, so I, I'm very glad that this is our, our topic for Evolve this semester and I, don't think you're alone in having a complicated relationship with prayer. Um, but what is your go-to method of prayer um, when you do pray? Like, is it is it written? Is it spoken? Is it just thought? Everyone has has different methods. What do you do mainly? <laughs> I'd say typically mine is like in the car. Um, normally I'm listening to music in the car, but sometimes I'll just turn it off, you know, and I'll, and I'll start praying and I'll either be moving in a car or stationary in a car. There's just something that feels, I guess it's just the smallness of the space, but there's something that sort of feels intimate in a car. Like you feel like people can't hear you, <laughs> even though they, you know, probably could, um, you know, just cause like cars aren't as soundproof as we think is what I've what I've learned over the years like I'll have my music up a bit and everyone's like oh my lord like it's so loud I'm like what do you mean it's not that loud or like you when you're on a phone call with somebody and you know you have them turned up enough so you can hear them but then everybody else who's standing outside can hear it as well but anyway I digress but yeah a car is some sometimes just feels intimate it's just small 
close space and you feel like you're alone and um I guess I could liken it and, you know, because people would say like, oh, you know, pray in your closet and stuff. And I don't really have room in my closet since it's mostly full of clothes and empty Lego boxes and, you know, other boxes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so my car is definitely the place that I go, uh, go to the most to pray. So sometimes I do it here. It doesn't mean I don't do it here. It's just mostly in my car. Yeah, I really love that. I feel like I can think of my relationships, like my relationship with Chris or with my mom, like some of our best conversations happen in the car or on car rides. There's something about that, that space. It is very intimate. And I think it's also, um, it feels like there's less distractions. You're not like, um, if I am in, my, if I were to be in my room right now trying to pray, I would also probably be looking at a couple large piles of laundry that I need to deal with, you know, a couple of like things I need to get done. And sometimes those things can be distracting. And I, I like the idea of our, of a car being a, a good isolated, um, and intentional space. Um, I'm curious if you found any practices that help you feel more connected with prayer or like God as a whole. Um, maybe it's not your go-to thing. Maybe your car is your go-to thing. But when you're like, I really need to make space, this has been very useful for me. If there's one thing I'm certainly bad at, it's taking all like these prayer practices that we do for Evolves and applying them. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes it's being in the dark helps. I think, I don't know if that's a practice, but like being in the dark really, really kind of helps because it sort of like deprives you of this other external sensory thing and allows you to open up more. Like it's, it's one less thing for your brain to sort of perceive in a way. So sometimes Again, the car, being in the car, but like in the dark or sometimes just being in my room in the dark and having everything, you know, all the lights off, um, just laying on the floor. Those sort of help me feel more connected with prayer and with God, I think. And yeah, just chiefly because it feels like it takes away a little bit of extra noise in my brain, I think. And I think you know, that's the thing like a lot of people sort of do, right? You know, it's like deprive yourself of a sense, you know, I guess, I guess sight is, you know, the easiest thing to deprive yourself of, you know, so just turn the lights off. Like showering in the dark is a great, great thing. If you haven't tried it, it's, it's tremendous. Um, and sometimes I pray there as well, but yeah, the only time I pray in the shower is in the dark though. <laughs> I will say, I really appreciate you saying like, um, that your first impulse leaving evolve is not like, okay, I'm going to add all of that. I'm going to try to do this practice every day. This is going to change my life. Um, because one, I think that that's, that's helpful for other people to hear who are like, oh, that was a cool practice. And they haven't even tried it since then. And the other thing is that, you know, as a leader, as someone who's offering these things, my hope is always that it's just available to you when you need it. And maybe, maybe it won't be for a couple years, but 
maybe one day it'll be like, oh yes, that, that type of prayer now feels like a really good time to try that. And so I do, um, yeah, that's, I think that's very relatable. I really like how you mentioned um, praying in the dark because I, I don't think I've ever tried that before. And there are so many distractions in the world. <laughs> like Kaylee said, I would be thinking about literally anything, anything else if I was just in my room as normal. Um, laundry would be thinking about my cat and if she has food <laughs> and all of the other things that are on my brain. So I think that's a really good suggestion. And I'm wondering if you have any other suggestions or advice for those who are looking to deepen their connection with God. Let me see what advice. That's a good question. And even though I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'd say intentionality is the biggest thing, you know. I'd say you can't, in the same way that you can't half do a relationship with somebody, whether that be a friendship or like, you know, a proper romantic relationship. I don't think you can just give God 50%. I'd say you have to like commit a hundred percent into it. Like you need to go into prayer. To, like just knowing mentally, it's like, I'm going to pray. Like you can't, and you have to let whatever doubts in your head just kind of float away. Like you can't just go in and still have the doubts of, I could just be talking to myself, you know? And that's a very valid doubt to have but that's probably not the best doubt to have when you're praying in the same way that when you're about to go skydiving, which I will never do, you probably don't want to have the doubt of, hmm, is this parachute actually going to open when you jump out? Because then you never will, you know? And I think the same thing works with prayer. Like you don't want to have the doubt of, oh, like, I don't know if I, God is actually listening. I could just be talking to myself. I think you ought to go into it with the confidence of like, I am going to talk to God. Like I'm going to communicate with the divine and, you know, my words will be heard. And I think it's just that it's the intentionality and confidence in a way. I think that those two things that I would say, you know, to people who are like looking to deepen their connection with God. Haley, I'm wondering if you have any any input on on what to do when you do have those doubts and you don't know how to get out of them. That's a really loaded question, but I'm wondering just in response what what your what your response is to Neil's answer, basically. <laughs> yeah, I um I do think that if anything keeps me from prayer, it is that kind of doubt of, am I just talking to myself? And I've had 
seasons where that's been the case where it's just like what if what you know where is God what um evidence I guess do I have and um I'll just be honest the only thing that has helped me keep going is to pray about it which is kind of interesting if that's the doubt you're having but it put like for me those prayers often look like God I like, I don't even know if you're there, but like, I need you to show up. I need some sense. I need some sort of comfort. Like this is, um, this is something that I felt before and I'm not feeling it now. And I'm having these doubts. And for some reason, it's like, when I do choose to name those doubts to God is usually where I feel them larger presence of God versus if I let those doubts create distance from God, then I think that they're serving exactly like what they're meant to be serving, which is to create a larger distance and space. Um, and so, yeah, it might sound counterintuitive. Like, I don't know if God's there, so I'm going to pray to God about it. Like that, that is paradoxical in nature. Um, but I just in my experience, it has been the only space where, like, even if I leave with just some doubt, I at least leave where I feel like the ball's in your court. <laughs> um, God, like the ball is in your court. I have given you what I have to give you. And, um, and usually God does respond to that. Not audibly I've never like had that type of an experience with God but more in a sense of peace or or um in conversations I've had with other people or something there's just been some sense of like I'm here and I know this is hard yeah I I really like the answer of, of using your your doubt to deepen your connection with God I think that's an amazing way to kind of turn it around um, I, on the other hand, I think, I think I tend to write my prayers more often because it feels less like I'm just speaking it into the world for nobody to hear. Um, it actually goes somewhere and it's written on a piece of paper and like, it doesn't matter if nobody else reads it, but it exists physically. Um, so I think that's personally how I kind of get around the whole, um, doubt well, that was all of the questions that we have for you today, Neil. Thanks for joining us. We'll have another student or friend to join us next month. And we'll talk a little bit more about prayer and relationships to God and evolve. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sydney. Thanks for putting this together. And thanks, Neil. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for joining us today, friends. Don't miss our next episode where we talk about lament.